Welcome to the State of the Lakers postgame spaces. Thank you guys so much for coming to hang out with Raj and I. It's funny, we were planning, we were texting earlier today because we have gone almost an hour and a half in every single one of these that we've done. And I was uh, complaining to Raj. I was like, look, man, I'm getting old. I can't stay up this late. <laughs> we got to find a way to trim these down a little bit. So I was like, let's go for 40 minutes. And then the Lakers decided to go to overtime and keep me up all night anyway. Uh, but that was easily one of the stranger basketball games that I can remember watching in a long time. Uh, just seeing like a championship contender running their entire crunch time offense through Talon Horton Tucker to Julius Randall, kind of sort of outplaying Anthony Davis to Derek Rose getting in the time machine. There's a lot of stuff to get into with this one. Uh, what was your, what was your first initial impression your first, you know, if you had to describe how you're feeling right now, what would you say, Raj? Well, I guess first, I just want to give that Knicks team credit. Man, they they came out with physicality. They were like the definition of what you talk about a lot, right? It's like when you're physical early, it's hard for really the refs to kind of determine what's a foul or what's you just being super physical. So credit to them. They played great. Julius Randle, I feel like every shot he took, I kind of wanted him to take. Like he took those mid-range kind of step-back jumper, those contested threes. So uh, credit to them, but yeah, what a what a fight! What a this felt like a playoff game, a super playoff game. Uh, tough shots, nothing easy, everything contested. Um, this is the type of games you want to see before the playoffs start. Uh, it was good to see AD, even though he was missing his jumpers. I thought he was still really impactful. Um, they doubled him super hard on every touch. Um, he was playing in a crowd in a phone booth uh, the whole night. So yeah, I guess like my first initial thoughts are like these are the two best defenses in the league. Like I don't mm-hmm. think it's a coincidence. This was like a I don't even think both teams scored 100, uh, in, in, even with finishing overtime. I think the fourth quarter, the Lakers won in 18 to 15. Uh, it was kind of these two teams really uh, defend, really get into it. Uh, the Knicks really like uh, cover the paint. I said that I tweeted that early, and they're going to really make you take shots, make threes. They made the Lakers uncomfortable. But it was a, this was a big win uh, for AD to kind of fight through. You could tell he was kind of lingering uh, at the end, but it was a good win, really big win to to build off the last one. Yeah, so let's let's start with Anthony Davis because I thought it was an interesting night for him in the sense that like early on in the first half, I felt like he looked great physically. Like, you know, I, I came into this night thinking the Lakers were going to lose, not because I don't believe in the team or anything stupid like that, but just because the Knicks are a really, really good defensive team and the Lakers were down a lot of shot creation. And it was kind of going to be more or less similar to what we saw against the Clippers the other night, just, you know, against a, a slightly more inferior offense. Um, but at the end of the day, like the, they, they kept themselves in the game with their defense. Um, but I expected Anthony Davis to struggle and he did making shots, but I felt like, especially in the first half, he was getting to his spots. It's not like he was having trouble getting quality looks against the Nick defense. And I thought that that was encouraging. Um, and the Knicks deserve a lot of credit for kind of taking some of the aggression out of AD because you could tell there by the end of the game, like AD, I don't want to say he was being passive because I don't think that that's necessarily fair. You could just tell he was so fatigued by what the Knicks were doing to him defensively that it was almost kind of like he was looking at Talon Horton Tucker and like, look, man, I need you to, I need you to make a play <laughs> you know, because there was only like, it felt like AD could get maybe a jab step jumper or fadeaway jumper, but that was pretty much all he could get against that Nick defense when they were really uh, loaded up on him. What did, what did you think of Anthony Davis's uh, game on the offensive end? 
Yeah, like, again, I thought his jumper wasn't going, but I thought he created pretty good shots. I mean, they, again, they, they doubled him really hard, so it was kind of tough for him to create anything. And, and, again, the Knicks were super physical. Julius Randle is, like, he's not Zion, but, like, he's a sturdy dude, right? Like He's good. He's really good, yeah, and, and it's really tough to move him. So, like, he was the primary defender on AD all night, and, like, whenever they try to give it to AD in the post, Randle would just do a little bit of a bump, right? And it would take AD just a step out of where he wants to catch the mm-hmm. ball every single time. And those little bumps, they add up for the whole game. I think AD shot, I'm not complaining about the ref or anything, but like AD shot five free throws tonight, which is really low. I think he was uh-huh. a double-figure free throws the last few games. And that kind of, I think, took away his want to attack the rim, right? If you're attacking the rim and getting mauled, uh, which I think he was getting fouled, but credit to the Knicks, they were just super physical. They also played really good defense. They they protect the paint really well. Um, so yeah, that's what I thought of AD on the offensive end. I thought his jumper wasn't going, which really hurt against this Knicks team. And you combine that, like, this is the worst team for me to not have any ball handling for, right? This is mm-hmm. a super physical ball pressure team. It was kind of mirror of the Lakers, right? Like, they're really ball pressure. They're Lakers really, light. Mm-hmm. Very much, yeah. And they really get after you. They're big step up on those screens. Nerlens Noel, Julius Randle. Those are tough guys to get any space from. Alfred Payton is picking up full core. We're having, we're having like, Kyle Kuzma try to just bring the ball up so that AD doesn't have to uh, every time. So I thought this was, like, a pretty clear game that he was going to struggle. And he still was really productive uh, for me. Yeah, one last note on Anthony Davis's offense uh, before we move on uh, to the Laker defense. The, you know, he could take. Uh, first of all, Julius Randle deserves a ton of credit for the defensive job he did on him, um, and that was one of the biggest things that I was impressed by. Anthony Davis's go-to thing to do when uh, when he pump fakes and he doesn't necessarily get you off your feet is that dribble to the left, and then once you cut him off, he'll spin back. And like, like Julius is so sturdy that like, like, like AD would pump fake from about, you know, 20, 22 feet and then take that dribble to the left. And Julius would just, just literally take it right squarely in his chest and kind of bounce AD back towards the other side. And there was just nothing open for him. He was beating him to his spots in those driving lanes. So it was one of those weird things where he could get to a fadeaway jump shot, but he couldn't get past him. That, that was something that I thought was really impressive. And, you know, here's the thing. Part of that has to do with spacing and the fact that, you know, you, you're just not seeing the same driving lanes. However, he could take a note from Julius Randle, Anthony Davis, I mean, could take a note from Julius Randle in activating that high-volume three-point shooting as an alternative offensively when everything else has been shut off. Because Julius Randle wasn't getting anything in the, in the mid-post when Anthony Davis really locked in at the end of the game. But what he, what he could do though, is he could get a three point shot off and it ended up being what nearly beat the Lakers, but he made, I think four threes tonight. And, you know, for a player that is as skilled as Anthony Davis is to me, that should be something that he looks to do a little more often is get, you know, six, seven, eight threes up because it's going to help free up everything else in his game. And he's skilled enough to make them. And then again, it's the alternative. What are you going to do? Let Talon Horton Tucker continue to run everything. It's like find some other way to add a little bit of more versatility, you know, so that you have another counter that you can go to in a game like this when, you know, when your driving lanes have been completely shut off. Yeah, it's a good point. He only took one three-point attempt tonight, and he obviously wasn't feeling his jumper. I mean, if the mid-range wasn't going, I don't think he was confident tonight to go go put it back up to the three-point land. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that's a good call on that. And THC was really the only guy that can dribble, especially with their ball pressure, right? So he's the one that had to kind of run everything. He was the only one comfortable with it. And I guess we can kind of uh, move on to him. He was really the mm-hmm. big story in the, the fourth quarter, late fourth quarter and overtime. 
he's another guy like you can't buy these type of reps, right? I think he had uh, like seven or eight turnovers tonight, but they needed every single one of like his dribbling, his attacking to the rim, finding guys on the outside. Um, he made a couple of tough passes, but I thought he was really good, especially in overtime. Like to even have the like guts to take that like step back three pointer down one. Um, I thought mm-hmm. it was a huge shot and it just shows his confidence is growing. And uh, this, again, another thing that can pay dividends, maybe not in this playoffs, maybe next year. Um, you could just see he got more and more comfortable, right? As the game got along, he kind of read where the coverages were coming from. Uh, he was coming off those screens a lot more confident in the fourth quarter. What, what else did you see from uh, THD tonight? So at the beginning of the pod, when I said that, I thought this was one of the strangest games that I remember seeing. It mostly had to do with Talon Horton Tucker because it was such a roller coaster, which is to be expected. Um, but I think I disagree with, you know, I, 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 I view the benefit of the reps. Like I understand the benefit of the reps, but in terms yeah. of like strategically allowing him to do as much as he did at the end of the game, which for the record, he had 10 assists tonight, which is amazing. He hit arguably, I, I'm not, I'm not sure what his college career, I didn't watch him very closely in college, so I can't speak to that, but arguably the biggest shot of his NBA career tonight uh, in that three that he made to beat the, to win the game. He, he, he had his moment. So I don't want to, you know, uh, gloss over that. However, strategically, I, w- I was a little bit, uh, uh, you know, I-, I was confused as to why they leaned so heavily on him at the end of the game. And I, I think the reason why was because Anthony Davis kind of became passive a little bit uh, against Julius Randle and, and the Knicks help defense. Um, but it, it kind of was confusing to me because I felt like you might've been better off maybe going with, a little bit more shooting and trying to get Anthony Davis, just force feed Anthony Davis. Cause arguably the guy that needs those reps more for this postseason would be Anthony Davis uh, reading double teams, reading, reading the help, uh, getting more three point shots up, uh, being more active with the ball outside the three point line to try to create something when there's a lack of space. Like, that was kind of my takeaway and it worked out and, you know, I'm still a big believer in what Talon Horton Tucker can be, but I was confused. Like I, there a lot of the mistakes, he, like, he made a lot of mistakes at the end of that game, which again, great reps, but I disagreed sure. with it from a strategic standpoint. Yeah. I just don't think they had anywhere else to go. And AD looked pretty exhausted, right? Like I, I'm not sure if his conditioning is back to uh, where it needs to be. He looked tired at the end of the fourth um, into overtime. And again, those bumps by like Randall just, he was defending him all the all game. Those bunches, they just add up. And going to the fourth quarter, you could tell he just didn't really want to continue driving into three people, four people, right? Because the Knicks really collapsed on him, made him mm-hmm. try to kick those out. And they kind of dared um, THT and all those guys to make shots. Uh, I thought KCP got a wide-open look, right, in the four, in the late fourth before West. The one that would have won it. Yeah. yeah, that would have won it. He had a wide-open one. Wes had a few wide-open ones. Um, ben McLemore as well. And they just really – and again, they just covered the paint. They really lock it down. And uh, I think THG was only got, I mean, they were just, and he got stripped a few times as well, right? I think Derrick Rose got him. Uh, I don't remember if that was in overtime. It was in OT. It was when when Derrick Rose gambled in the backcourt and then THG pushed and then Rose basically just chased him down and poked it away from behind. Yeah, and you you could see that turnover coming like a mile away. Oh, yeah. I I felt like once (laughs) once he passed it up. But again, those are things that you have to live with because other than him, like you're going to have AD bringing it up every time. And you could tell he was exhausted. He was not himself. Um, and they had Drummond down there as well. There was just nowhere to work. So he was the only one comfortable driving. He had a nice finish. But, yeah, he did a lot of mistakes. But you're going to live with that. He's a 20-year-old guard who should not be in this position. He's basically playing LeBron's role, right? Like, that's yep. LeBron's role to to do all that, uh, to have the ball the whole time. 
So I, I thought he did it as well as he could, and they had no one else to go to, especially Caruso um, being out so early in the game as well. It's just really tough to have uh, only one ball handler, basically. Uh, maybe Gasol would have been a nice add over there too, but I thought Drummond was uh, playing pretty well. But I think, that, and uh, I guess we can move to like Drummond. Um, what do you think from him tonight? He had a he had a <laughs> he had a really interesting game. I thought he had a prototypical drumming game what do you think from him tonight yeah 100 percent. i agree with you that he had a prototypical uh, drumming game and honestly like to me the more fascinating thing about the uh because drumming is drumming and we've kind of talked that to death so to speak the the interesting thing to me about this matchup was it struck me as the kind of game where the lakers really paid the price for playing centers and the the primary reason had to do with derrick rose who was so gotten to such a rhythm early in the game operating in, in that pick and roll that the Lakers basically had to start, you know, doing their, their version of a trap, which is basically like, you know, a catch hedge where the, the center's kind of there, but he's not really ball pressuring. He's kind of halfway between a drop and halfway between, between a trap. And what would happen is Derek Rose at the, there in the second half, he torched the Lakers by basically coming off of that quickly reversing the ball and then there would be a shooter open on the back end or the big man, uh, big man rolling down the lane. Uh, Derek Rose wouldn't make the pass that led to the shot. He'd make the pass that led to the pass that led to the shot. And I thought that, you know, one of the problems with that was that kind of non-committal, uh, slow footed center, uh, as that second defender in the screening action with Derek Rose. And that this goes for both Drummond and Gasol. I thought it really killed the Laker D and uh, I think it's an example of a team where, you know, when you're going against a really good guard that dictates a ton of defensive attention in those screen and rolls, that's one of those ones where you really need AD in that action. And you really need to be AD to be the one that can either switch onto the guard or be active with his hands at the screen so that Derrick Rose can't just easily reverse the ball to a wide open shot and then the Lakers, I thought, did a bad job of guarding that reverse pass um, in the sense that it, may, it was too easy to swing it back up across the top, which then led to the, the uh, inevitable assist. I, I thought their, their screen and roll coverages in general with Drummond and Marcus all on the floor were really sloppy tonight. And I think Derrick Rose just absolutely killed them as a result. Um, you know, Drummond, it, 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 it is what it is at this point. He, de- he definitely negatively impacts their spacing. I thought he had some good moments tonight, but there were just, you know, just normal drumming type of mistakes that you, you we've grown accustomed to at this point. Yeah, I'm looking at the box score. I didn't even realize he played 35 minutes tonight, which is which Insane. is quite a which is quite a bit. But again, like he was six for 11, and those five misses, it feels like he missed 15. Right, like every rebound he gets, he goes up. It feels like he misses, but he had 18 rebounds, five offensive rebounds. I thought he was at least a force down low. He kept them. Uh, I thought in the game when the Knicks tried to kind of push the lead out um, on those covers, like Derrick Rose, he was 10 for 22. I thought he had a lot of floaters and uh, kind of tough shots. I thought he had a few contested ones as well. I didn't think it was too bad on him, uh, but some of that, like the defense, really bogged down that screen action when uh, Derrick Rose would come off the pick and rolls. I thought they got really tired at the end. I think you tweeted this too. This, this, the defense got really sloppy, right, as the game went on. Mm-hmm. Uh, those closeouts were really bad. They really picked. They really picked on the. They really used the Derrick Rose, Julius Randle screen and roll. I thought they went to that a lot down the stretch, uh, and then Rose would kind of kick it to Julius. Uh, but I thought Drummond, like I thought he played his game. Um, this was one of the best games I think I've seen from him, just from like an engagement level. Like he wasn't uh, hitting his like little flip shots in the rim or nothing like that. But he was really engaged on defense. He had a huge block. Uh, I forgot who it was, 
but you really protected the rim. And again, you hold a team to like 90 points. I think you do your job basically on defense. Like I think this is this is a game you should be able to win, right? You hold a team this low uh, mm-hmm. to this low scoring. So I thought he did his role. 35 minutes is a lot for him, though. Um, I thought uh, Trez really got put out of the rotation. He only had five minutes. So I thought he was okay. I thought uh, I thought he played his role tonight. Yeah, he was definitely better in those coverages than Mark was. Um, but I still thought that, I mean, there were even a couple of moments where the Knicks missed some opportunities. I thought, um, uh, just by Julius being a little bit tunnel vision, uh, and Derek Rose missing some stuff, but you know, I, I agree with you. I thought he was better than Mark. I just thought one of the interesting takeaways from that is that when you play a team like the Warriors, for instance, in the play-in, um, putting a center on the floor in those screening actions when you're going to have to be pretty aggressive with Steph, I think is a recipe for disaster. Um, and, and I hope that F- Frank is willing to audible out of that, which of course he hasn't been, been willing to all regular season. Um, but I just, I just, and this has been kind of a stylistic uh, disagreement that I've had with the Lakers all year in that I wish they would just trap because then at the very least, when they do those, leaping swing passes back across the court to whoever's at the top of the key or whether it's someone going, coming down the lane, you can at least force that to be a little bit more of a looping pass, which gives your defense a chance to recover. Uh, and it gives them a little bit of a better opportunity to uh, get those rotations intact. But I thought, I thought Mark uh, looked like really bad on the defensive end tonight. I thought he looked slow footed and out of place. And I, and I think this is an example of a, a matchup. Uh, where where you really can't play him, and I think a, a good comp for that in the West would be the Warriors. You know, a team that uh, that that I think Mark would be out of place against. Yeah, Derrick Rose really took it to him, right? It felt like every time he got a switch on Marcus Hall, he just drove. He drew a foul. He got to the rim, hit his floaters. Um, so maybe this isn't like really a game for Mark. I thought he was okay, kind of trapping out. He had four assists really quickly in his minutes. Uh, he kind of helped out with that. But they were really physical with him as well. Uh, Taj Gibson was really into him. Uh, he he wasn't able to get really comfortable um, at all. And I guess uh, we can kind of move move on from there. Uh, Wes Matthews, I thought had another just really good game. He looked really good. He looked ready. Like he looks ready uh, to go in the playoffs. He had, he had that big three as well. Um, he had the tip in. Um, it just feels like he's going to be a big part of the rotation, right? In the playoffs, like it just feels like he's mm-hmm. uh, he's solidified himself uh, as a role. Did you see that as well? I thought West was fantastic. Um, yeah. I thought I thought uh, on both ends of the floor. Uh, again, and there's there's a stability with Wes. Um, you don't have to worry about him making mistakes. You know, most of the defensive mistakes tonight, ironically, I thought came from the bigs, not just the centers, but Anthony Davis. For as good as he was in his isolation plays against Julius Randle, I thought he had some sloppy ones too. Uh, a lot of blow by closeouts and things along those lines. Where, uh, where he left things compromised. I thought the guards were in general pretty good tonight, and I thought Wes was fantastic. I thought he did a really good job on Derrick Rose at the end of the game. <clears throat> and I thought a big part of the reason why the Lakers were able to, uh, I think uh, our friend Pete from Laker Film Room tweeted this out. Uh, they held the Knicks to, I want to say, it was like six points in the last seven minutes of the fourth quarter uh, that allowed them to send the game to overtime. And I thought a big part of that was Wes's defense on Rose. And I think the two times he broke free were uh, uh, he made a floater over Wesley where Wes defended it perfect, like just bodied him the whole way, um, didn't foul. There was, you know, uh, took it in, the, took the, the jump in the chest and he just made a tough shot over the top. And then the three that Derrick Rose made in overtime 
was on a play where Anthony Davis did a sloppy closeout on, on Julius Randle and blew by him, and Wes had to step over, and Derrick Rose ended up wide open. But a big part of the reason why the Lakers won that game was Wesley Matthews' defense on Derrick Rose, in my opinion, and uh, and he deserves a lot of credit. But he's peaking. He looks great physically. He's starting to knock down open threes. And then again, he's just that, st- he's that stable force, that guy that you can count on to fulfill his role as small as it is. And, and my, my hope is that he will be in the postseason rotation over THT uh, when the time comes. Yeah, it was cool to see him and Kuzma kind of going, right? Kuzma, I thought, really saved them in that uh, first quarter or second quarter. I think he had like 16 points or something. Uh, he was the only one really able to get any offense going. He was shooting. It was kind of cool to see like him and Wes. It feels like both of them are going to be a big part of the playoffs. And we talked about in the last uh, last phase is that you can't have enough wings, right? It's cool to see the Lakers have two of them going, at least mm-hmm. going to the playoffs. And then uh, hopefully uh, we get LeBron back tomorrow. I think they play again uh, against Houston tomorrow. Um, but, yeah, it was cool to see him and, and Kuzma. Uh, I think Kuzma missed the last game, or, and uh, he didn't play well in the previous game against Portland. So he got his jumpers to go. Um, and Yeah, uh, I thought they, they really uh, brought it tonight. And uh, the defense, man, that's just like against this this Knicks team, I thought this was like a really huge win. It could be like a building win, in my opinion. Um, I thought they could have really easily just let it go. They oh, were down, yeah. What? They were down, you could I feel think, it. Like, yeah, they were down like nine or something. You could see, I think they were down 10. You could just see like the fight kind of go. And then a few shots go in, a tip a tip goes in. And uh, THT, I thought, really brought that kind of energy as well in the fourth. That was a, just a really big win. Uh, do you have anything else from from tonight? Yeah, I mean, you know, to, to, to go to a higher elevation to look down on it, like, I agree. Like, it was one of those games where when you're looking at the standings, it wasn't really all that important. The Lakers are yeah. far more likely to end up in the seventh seed than anywhere else. And you could argue that that's where they're best um, to avoid the Clippers in the first round. And so it was one of those games where there, there was no reason in the world to push through, even AD physically, um, for him to... I, I think AD was being a little dramatic uh, there at the end of that game with his uh, uh, physical wear and tear because under the circumstances, I really do think they would have benched him if it was something serious. Um, uh, that said, like, you know, the Lakers could have easily packed it in. AD could have packed it in and, and they went for it. And, uh, you know, <laughs> they're, they're <clears throat> at the end of the day, like momentum does matter. Confidence does matter. And, and I, 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 I think putting a little win streak together like this at the end of the season, including it looks like it'll be uh, two wins against playoff teams. I think Houston, um, who are their last two? I think they play like Cleveland and then someone else. So they, they go on the road um, for their last two, but to get a couple of wins against playoff teams like this without LeBron um, uh, will give you that confidence to know that, that, that you're, you're capable of going on a run. And I think they have good reason to feel confident moving forward. Yeah, I guess that's kind of the big kind of picture here. Uh, we, we we thought LeBron would play tonight, and he was kind of like a late scratch during the day. But I just hope, like, AD kind of keeps up that aggressiveness that he was showing. I thought tonight he just got really tired. Uh, the Knicks mm. are super physical, and I thought that kind of brought him down. But just to keep that phys- phys- the, keep that aggressiveness up, keep, his jump, keep shooting the jump shot, even though it wasn't going, I just want him to keep taking it. And with LeBron coming back, trying to fit. Uh, fit him back into uh, back into the team. Uh, the team can kind of get going. They play Houston, Indiana, and the Pelicans to close it out. Um, and I think this is a chance they can they can definitely win out, right? I think the Pelicans mm-hmm. are hurt. The Pacers aren't playing great basketball, and the Rockets are are the Rockets. So it's a good time to kind of build, go into the playoffs like a five game win streak. I think that would be great, no matter who they play. 
Um, I think they can jump to the sixth seed or they can stay. Uh, I didn't realize they're still only a game back, but I guess those teams have the tiebreaker, so they're two games back. But no matter what, you need this team needs to like look at themselves, right? I don't think they care anymore about looking at looking outside. And if LeBron can get back tomorrow, that'd be awesome. Kind of build some chemistry. Uh, they said Schroeder can probably maybe come back with the last two, and uh, it looks like people are going at the right time. Hopefully Caruso's not out for too long. I just I just hope this team isn't theoretical for too long. Like we, we talked about it, how theoretical mm-hmm. this team has been all year. You get one guy back, you get one guy out, so you're basically just playing like get playing a guessing game with how it's going to look healthy. Um, so hopefully we get LeBron back and he can kind of fit back in. Uh, THT won't have to play the LeBron role and Schroeder can get back and, and just get this team going uh, with these last three games. Yeah, I, we're, with where we were when you and I did that spaces, our first spaces, which I think was – I can't remember uh, when exactly it was, but um, with where we were about a week and a half ago uh, yes. in terms of the overall, you know, morale of the fan base and morale of the locker room, they have to feel a heck of a lot better going from LeBron basically checking out uh, because his ankle, because he came back too soon from his ankle and Anthony Davis looking like an absolute shell of himself, especially on the defensive end. And with all of the other injuries they were dealing with and the Dennis Schroeder COVID news, man, that was rock bottom. <laughs> and, uh, and to be where they are now with uh, some really solid wins, three straight or not three consecutive, but three wins in the last week and a half against, against playoff teams, like really good teams without LeBron and to kind of have the defense clicking again. Uh, I, I think, I think there's a lot of reason to be optimistic, but Hey, let's get some, let's get some guests up here for about 15 minutes and then let's call it a night. Let's do it. Uh, get your requests in. We'll see how long we can go. Um, first one, I think, was uh, Los. I appreciate everyone that stayed in here uh, after the game. We know it's late. Hey, what's up, you guys? What's going on? Hey, man. Hey, not much. So I just wanted to ask, like, I think Jason basically touched on this, but since AD was, like, looked like he was, like, laboring at the end of that game, do you guys think he sits tomorrow or do you think he's going to play? I originally thought he was going to, and then I think I think it's possible that with the banner night that he might push through and and play a little bit. Um, uh, you know, he, with the, with it being against Houston, I wouldn't necessarily think it's all that important for him to push. Uh, you know, exert himself majorly tomorrow. But at the end of the day, like you know, I, I would argue that with the reps with LeBron, I, I would argue that it's important for him to play. Uh, but at this point, with without it, all just depends on how dramatic he was being. If he was being super dramatic and he's not anywhere near as hurt as he let it let us all to believe tonight, then then he'll play. But uh, but it, but if, if he really is banged up, if he's got a mild groin strain, which is what the broadcast keep a- kept asking about, then uh, then then I, I I would hope that they would keep him out. <laughs> no, so that's, uh, but, that's what I'm saying. At this point, I just want us to go into the playoffs healthy, regardless of where we're going to see. Because I feel like at this point, like whether we're the seventh or the, seed, or the sixth seed, it's whatever to me at this point. I really just want us to be healthy to even have a shot at like actually advancing deep into the playoffs. So that's why I was asking. I was hoping that it wasn't like a serious thing because I really didn't look into it after the game. Yeah, AD kind of scares all of us like three times a all game, right? Like no, exactly, fall he falls really like every other possession. <laughs> and I think he falls for like good reason. I think it's so he doesn't get hurt, right? I think that's how they're kind of taught to fall. Um, oh no, yeah, exactly. I think, I think this Lakers team, if it's anything serious, even like ten percent serious, he's gonna sit. In my opinion, that's just how they've operated. I mean, LeBron sat tonight, right? 
Um, exactly. He talked about it. He wanted to give it one more day. So I don't think they'll push through it at all. If you see AD play tomorrow, then then he's fine. If he doesn't play, they probably just want to just uh, don't take it too serious. I guess they don't really care about the the seating. That's how they've really operated. I think they're starting to take these games more serious. They're being coached more serious. But I think he'll he's not going to play if it's anything even close. To, like, yeah, I they're think they're about it. Yeah, definitely. I think they're just treating these games like a tune-up game right now. At least that's what it looks like, right. just to like, try to get themselves ready to play in the playoffs, especially because they got to play the play-in probably, and they got to take that game seriously no matter what. Even if they get two tries, you don't want to risk it. And for yeah. all of you who play basketball that listen here, any of you, even if it's just pickup, like sometimes when you play like a really physical game or if you go to a specific run where, I don't know, if it's like older guys who tend to foul a lot or whatever it is, <laughs> When you play some really physical basketball, sometimes it just beats the heck out of you and you just got a bunch of bump and bumps and bruises and you're just really sore the next day. And so let's just hope it's that and not something more serious. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm hoping for too. Maybe he just got nicked in the leg or something and they just had, felt like a little bruise or something. But yeah, I just wanted to clarify that because like, like I said, I just saw that like he would, they said they mentioned the groin thing, but I really didn't like follow up with it. I think he should be fine though, hopefully. But like you said though, Raj, he does scare us every time he falls. So. <laughs> He does, yeah. Thing. A lot of heart attacks. Exactly. Uh, AD play. All right. Well, yeah. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Appreciate Thanks, it. Lois. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, no worries. Well, let's see. How do I say? Y'all could just send me down, I assume, right? I don't know how to do that. I right, I'll just leave. I'll just leave. Uh, he can. Can. Where he, uh, I guess he took off. Yo, yo, are you there, Matt? Or is it Matt? What's going on, man? Yeah. Uh, not much. Uh, great win tonight. Uh, I think that one of the things that was interesting about mm-hmm. tonight, for me personally, was the fact that it really did feel like a playoff intensity game with playoff stakes. And I mean, like, it's not obviously playoff stakes, of course, but... Man, it felt like it. And I think that's super important as a dress rehearsal to the actual playoffs and potentially to play in. And I think it's really important for Anthony Davis to play through some some hard physical play. Um, also, lastly, shout out Drummond. Uh, I've been hard on Drummond uh, for a while now, but... Um, he really stepped up tonight. He was awesome on the offensive boards, really good protecting the rim. And, uh, yeah, that's all. Just wanted to say a couple comments. Well, good thank night. you, Matt. Hey, dude, you're absolutely right about the playoff intensity and how important that is. Like, you, you know, Raj and I were joking earlier, earlier, like it felt like the Lakers could have packed it in a few times. And honestly, the reason why they did it is just that. Like, I think it's super beneficial to get reps playing really intense playoff level basketball because then you're not shell shocked by it and you don't dig yourself in a hole early in a series because you're used to playing at a different intensity. Like I, I think that just like you were saying about AD, just like you were saying about the team, it helps to identify the value of this type of game and just try to win the damn thing so that you can add it to your arsenal of confidence and your arsenal of intensity um, so that you're prepared to make that adjustment when all of a sudden every game is like that. 
Yep, Matt, I think you hit it right on the head. Like They needed to start playing these games serious, not just from a player standpoint, but from a coaching standpoint as well, just with the lineups. And it just feels like they're starting to really get serious. And this was playoff intensity basketball. Like This is what playoffs looks like when it bogs down, right? You don't get easy shots. Um, everything's tough. Everything's physical. Uh, they don't call everything. Um, the free throws uh, aren't, aren't just given, right? Like that. This was a playoff-level game, and they were able to pull it out uh, without any shot creation, which is great. I think you're right, Drummond really, I thought his physicality uh, made a difference tonight. So um, He had a good game, and uh, it was a really good uh, test for the team. I think the Knicks are legit. I don't think this is like a facade. I don't think it's going to go away in the playoffs. Like I think they're a legit defensive team. They know, that, they know what they do, so getting a win on them is huge. So, yeah, I think you're right. Thank you, man. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you, man. All right, next we got Merge. What's going on, Merge? Can you hear me? Hear me? We can hear Merz you. Merz is on? back. I'm back. Yeah. Uh, I, I had the I had the couple comments. Uh, uh, Drummond. Uh, on a second, what Matt said about Drummond. Uh, I thought this was his best game as a as a Laker. Um, even more so than that that, that the Brooklyn Nets game where we blew them out. I thought it was big that he was in the game down the stretch, making big like clutch plays, offensive rebounds. There was that one beginning of the overtime where he got a rebound and kicked it to THT in the corner. For a three, um, he made a bunch of those plays today, and I was really impressed. I think that's kind of the route that you, if Drummond is a main contributor in the playoffs, that's what you want to see from him. Um, and second, I just want to talk a little bit more about THT. Raj knows how high <laughs> I am on THT. Even coming, even coming out of the draft, uh, THT was one of my was a guy that I was fine taking in like the lottery. Uh, so I, I was extremely high on THT. I just want to see where you guys stand as THT as like his his highest ceiling outcome. Where, where do you guys think that that lands for him? Just from what you've seen so far, and just what he can improve on the easiest. Uh, where do you guys see he, he can be as like best case scenario? So I remember I remember before the season I asked you, Merge. I'm gonna just share with everyone here. Like, what is THT's? Uh, outlook and you said all-star and I thought you were crazy um I remember even before <laughs> but but uh I can I mean I don't know if he'll get there but I think he's gonna be really good like he look doesn't look scared um he's a really good uh he can be a really good shot creator and uh, he looks comfortable taking shots off the dribble um I don't know if his three-point shot will get to where it needs to go but he looks awesome I think I'm higher on him than you are right Jason but uh, I, I think he's great I don't know if you can just give him the ball uh every time down the down the floor uh in the future but He's looking like he's going into that kind of archetype where he can play that way. My criticism is not of THT. It's of the Lakers and how much they've leaned on him. Um, I do think it will pay off in the long run. I'm a believer in the reps. I just think strategically within the lens of trying to win right now, I thought they've leaned on him a little too much. That's just my opinion. However, I am a huge believer in THT. You know, it's funny. I've always the comp that everyone throws out there is Eric Gordon. Um, yeah, I I've kind of come around on that more towards, ironically, the player he reminds me the most of is Dwayne Wade, and obviously he's not going to be a superstar. He's oh, going to win a Finals MVP in his early twenties. But what THT is is he's this relentless slasher with extremely strong legs who can take these big lunging steps into the paint, and his his jump shot game kind of reminds me of D Wade too, where like his percentages are never really going to pan out to much. But like he's got all of the jump shot moves in the bag, like the, you know, the game winner tonight was like off the dribble, 
there's a little bit of a screening action with AD that that Derrick Rose gets caught on. He gets a little bit of separation, and he just takes a hard dribble to his left and elevates and knocks down a three. Or the shot that he made at the start of overtime where he kind of ran into the corner. He's got step backs. He's got spinning moves. He's got one leg fadeaways. Like he's that is the kind of thing that reminds me of Dwayne Wade because that was the Dwayne Wade experience. Was you know percentage wise, he was never a great jump shooter, but everybody knew that like if if his team needed a shot, he could go get one. And and uh, and his career highlight tape is full of him making those types of plays. And you know so that's what I kind of see him as is D Wade light, just a relentless rim attacker who's capable of some playmaking and will never be a good percentage shooter, but can, can get to a lot of shots. And to me, that can be an all-star. And, and to be honest, it's up to him because he certainly has the physical tools. Yeah. I thought, yeah I, was high on, I thought I was high on him and you just compared him to Dwayne Wade. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stylistically. Stylistically. It, it, it's not even the, the offense for me that I think I see him as like, like making him this high value guy. I really think that there's a lot of, untapped potential defensively uh obviously oh, having sure. the, the arms that he has uh would help a lot but i think he's a lot he's smarter on that and then some people give him credit for um uh, obviously the off-ball stuff isn't great but there aren't a ton of 20 year olds or rookies that are great at off-ball defense unless you're some historically great defender your first year like a matisse Thibel or something like that uh but i think that get it changes his outcome to like a good like score to like a guy who you can really trust in all facets of the game. Yeah, his his wingspan really comes into play. I thought tonight even he created like some turnovers uh, on the Knicks when they trap, and he really fits that like trapping scheme as well. I think Vogel even said he has like more defensive potential than offensive potential just from like his uh, his uh, wingspan and everything. And yeah, I think he has better instincts. You're right. He makes like young mistakes, which I think I'm fine with. Like I don't expect him to be able to defend. Uh, great in like a playoff series and any, any of that but yeah I think he's gonna be really good and just to touch on your drumming point I think you're right like I just wish he when he got an offensive rebound he kicked it out every time right mm-hmm. like I just wish he did that instead of putting it up but uh, uh you can't really be picky but five offensive rebounds it, it was definitely his best game other than maybe the Brooklyn game maybe that was like the second second best game from him but tonight yeah he had some good kick out passes and it shows like he can make those when he wants to he just decides sometimes to go up against three people but yeah, I thought he was good tonight. Defensively, Talon Horton Tucker had some ridiculous rotations at the end of overtime oh, uh, yeah. when the Lakers would send doubles or, or heavily shade towards Julius Randle. His closeouts are like when THT is doing his job defensively, it's kind of frightening because mm-hmm. his closeouts, he comes in super low, but he's got those super long arms and he can beat you to spots. And I, I agree. I think, I think he's got uh, uh, all world defensive potential on top of whatever you get out of him offensively. Yep. Definitely agree with you guys. Uh, thanks for having me on again. Again. Thanks, man. <laughs> Appreciate, Appreciate it, man. Until yeah. next time. Yeah, for sure. All right. We got one more. Yes, Tim. Uh, you can get your request in. We got one more left here, I guess. Uh, all right. One more, and then we'll call it a night, and then we'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> Yep, Timadaya, Tim what's going on? I hope I didn't butcher that. Looks like it's uh, connecting here. Hey, guys. Um, okay, yeah. Hey. hey. What's going on? Yeah, not so much. So this is Daya from Nigeria. I'm a big Laker fan. So um, I just want to ask a question. So should um, 
Lakers be worried about um, Draymond, Steph, and the Warriors. If we finish in seventh seed, which looks likely, that's the question I want to ask. So this matchup has been on my mind literally nonstop over the last few days. Uh, it's a super, super interesting matchup. Um, because the Warriors have been playing really well for a long time. They've won six of their last seven games. I saw someone tweeted today that since they ditched Wiseman from the rotation, they've been like the third best team in the league by net rating. Um, so they're and they're a top five defense, and they have arguably the best player in the world if you ask someone in the Bay, although most people out of the outside of the Bay would probably disagree with you. Um, but the point is, is they, they are without a doubt a dangerous opponent that should be respected and, and um, uh, someone that I hope the Lakers are taking very seriously. Uh, the one game setting thing is super tricky uh, because of the high variance of the way that Steph plays and because the Lakers have a tendency to have nights where they go very cold. I tend to think that, that in a seven-game series, I would pick the, the, the Lakers 100% of the time. As in, I, I, I would, you could play that series 100 times, and I think the Lakers win every single one of them. Cause I think they're equipped to take advantage of all of the different chess moves that take place in a playoff series and beat a team like that. But in a one game setting, I give them roughly a 20% chance because uh, they defend and because they have Steph uh, and, and in that type of environment, anything could happen. However, I do believe the Lakers will win. And the reason why is very simple. They're really good at defending guards like this. They didn't do a great job of it tonight and they let Derek Rose get going. Um, but KCP is an extremely gifted lock and trail defender uh, that makes him a very good Steph Curry defender. And when you couple that with uh, the Lakers' ability to trap and recover the way they did against Dame and the way they did against James Harden and the way they did against uh, Jamal Murray in the playoffs last year, we know that they're defensively built uh, for this type of matchup. My guess is that if they played, that Steph would have a rough night and that the Lakers would win by 20-plus. I really do believe that. However, I do think that there's a legitimate chance that it could be close and roughly a 20% chance that the Warriors could pull it out. And, and I hope that the Lakers take that matchup very seriously. Yeah, I think you always have to respect Steph. But I mean, when they played this year, the Lakers blew him out by over 20 twice. And that was without Anthony Davis. Um, and even they when they a, lost, they actually blew them out. They just yeah, blew it. Yeah, they were up like 25 <laughs> and just decided to stop playing um, beginning of the year. I just think they can't handle the size. They just don't have enough. Um, and I think the Lakers are probably the best. I think you would agree with me, Jason. They're like the best trapping team in the league. And they're really good when they, they're able to do that and just build a lot of chaos. And then they'll really get into Steph, make him try to um, make passes over the top, really make guys like Draymond, Andrew Wiggins, um, all those other guys make, make jump shots. And I just don't think they'd be able to make enough. 20%, I think, is a little high for me. I just don't see them. Even in a one-game sample, obviously Steph can go crazy and hit, like, 13 threes or something. Um, but he can do that against anyone any night. So, But I just think they don't have the, the size or the requisite talent to be able to keep up with uh, the Lakers, who are the best defense in the league, and uh, blew them out twice without their best defender. Um, and I just think they have a size issue. They have a talent issue. And uh, LeBron James uh, and AD, I feel like, will be pretty serious in a one-game sample. I don't think they're going to take that lightly either. And they just don't have a matchup for either. I think Andrew Wiggins has been great this year on defense, um, but he just he can't guard uh, LeBron or AD in any kind of matchup. Draymond does a nice job on him, nice job on AD, but I just think that the size is too much, rebounding, and they wouldn't be able to they wouldn't be able to get shots that they want. KCP, Caruso, guys like that are really good at chasing around screens. 
making Steph at least work. That's all you can do. I think that'll be enough to kind of make that an easy win in the play-in. Yep, I agree. It's it's a textbook anything can happen type of game. I think the Lakers are clearly yeah. better, um, but but you know I I definitely think they're an opponent that should be respected. All right, thanks for having me. Man. Thank Appreciate you. you, man. Appreciate thank it. You. All right, everybody, thank you so much for taking time to hang out with us after the game tonight. We're our Raj and I's plan from here on out is to do one of these after every single game, and hopefully that means. A couple more months, um, hopefully not a much shorter time frame than that. Uh, however, we really appreciate you guys. We're gonna, um, I'm gonna immediately transcribe this in, uh, into the screen recording into a podcast, and I will tweet it out to you guys. Um, uh, we will see you tomorrow night after hopefully uh, LeBron James returning and looking like LeBron James. Um, but Raj, you got anything else before we go? No, that's it, man. Thanks again for everyone. We know it's late. So I appreciate everyone hanging out and uh, staying after the game.